0: hi everyone welcome to another episode of in bloom podcast my name is abby aslan and i'm the host of this podcast And this week, we're going to be talking about 10 wellness habits that have changed my life. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible Berry Chantilly cake and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And have really helped me level up my physical, mental, and emotional health, especially in this late stage capitalism world that we are living in. Because I think so many things about the way just society is and life is nowadays are really just starting to and have been taking such a toll on so many of our mental, physical, and emotional health, and it's hard to deal with sometimes, so I do want to just share the things that I think have really helped me level up in those three areas with my health and things that I have found made the biggest impact when it comes to my wellness journey and If you've been following me for any amount of time really on my YouTube channel or on my podcast or on my social media, you know that overall health and overall wellness has always been a big priority to me. Even when I was in college, I would say I was a lot more conscious of, you know, leading a healthier lifestyle and I'm not saying that I was like this poster child for leading a healthy lifestyle because I certainly wasn't. But I always, you know, did try to take care of my physical health and my mental health as much as I could. I will say my emotional health I neglected a lot in college, but I think that that's probably the norm, unfortunately, for a lot of us when we're in college. And yeah, I just think that this episode will be helpful for those of you who are maybe curious about starting a wellness journey of your own, or maybe you're already in a wellness journey for yourself and you're just. Needing to switch things up a little bit to get re inspired, or you're wanting to reintroduce new habits, or that doesn't make sense. You're wanting to introduce new habits to your wellness routine to really level up in those areas. And I care about my health and my wellness so much overall just because I have been on both ends where I haven't really prioritized it at all. And then I've been on the end of like hardcore prioritizing it probably too much. And with that experience on both ends of the spectrum, I really feel like I've been able to master the art of finding the perfect balance. And with time, because you know, with repetitions, we get better and better with things. I have found things that really work best for me over the years as I've been figuring this out. And just because I share them in this episode doesn't mean they're necessarily. The right thing to do, and it doesn't mean that you need to drop everything and do them now, or you're wrong if you don't. It's truly just me sharing what's worked for me. And I will say, if anything talking about like body image or relationship with food or exercise or anything like that is triggering to you in any way, then definitely keep that in mind as you listen to the remainder of the episode because I certainly don't want to go into this episode without putting in that disclaimer. So just a heads up um, that that will be brought up in the first and probably fifth and maybe seventh thing I mentioned today out of the 10 things. So I'll try to say number one, number two, number three as I go through these so that you can still at least listen to the episode if that is a trigger warning that you are paying attention to. Um, Just wanted to let y'all know out the gate. But It is a rainy Friday evening when I'm recording this and if you can hear the rain, sorry, we've had the just most wet couple of days here in Houston. There was a horrible storm that came through last night when, of course, conveniently when I was trying to fall asleep and I mean, it was the loudest thunder I've heard in my entire life. Like, I could not believe how loud it was. The lightning was definitely striking, like right outside our window. I mean, it was really intense. So like with the constant flashes and the constant really loud thunder, and it was like really consistent too. It was just so hard to fall asleep. So I'm so sleepy today, and it's been a very like just long and tough work week. I had a super long work day yesterday, and I was in office um, all day from like 7:45 to 4, and then I took a break to work out for an hour. And I drove home and I worked until like nine, so it was just like a really long day. Um, and I'm feeling it today to be honest, but I wanted to go ahead and record this um, on this Friday evening because we are going out of town to Dallas this weekend for Passover and for Easter to celebrate with my fiance's family because she has some family in Dallas. So we're going to go see them and then see his younger sister do Easter with her because she goes to school in Fort Worth, um, so we'll be seeing her on Sunday, as well. So looking forward to all of that. But I wanted to go ahead and get this out of the way because I didn't want like Sunday to come around because I know we probably won't get back until like the late evening. And there's actually a chance that I may have to work this weekend too, for the provision I'm currently on. And I, if that happens, that I wouldn't have time to record the podcast because we would need to have all of our edits and everything done by like Sunday evening, Sunday afternoon actually, so I just wanted to go ahead and get this out of the way, but without further ado, let's go ahead and get started with a quote for this week's episode, and this week's episode for the quote, it's not really related to the, actually it can be related to the episode if you think about it um, in a certain perspective, but it's from Morgan Harper Nichols, and I actually definitely think I have probably use this quote before i don't know i know i've used several of morgan harper Nichols before but i she has great quotes so i mean can you blame me but i really like this one for this week um and it's just a really nice reminder so the quote says if there's ever a day when you feel tired of saying good for them and you are wondering when things will be good for you take heart with great hope and consider all the things this season of growing will lead into Like an ocean that awaits many miles away, you may not be there yet, but you are surely on your way. So take your time while you are journeying, travel light, be safe, for there will come a time when you finally arrive on those shores and you will be so glad you did not settle. You will be so glad you did not give up. You will be so glad you did not sink yourself to someone else's pace and chose instead to anchor yourself in the steady rhythm of grace." And after everything you went through, you arrived where you needed to be on time and everything will be fine. Not perfect, but fine for every beautiful thing will happen and it's time. Just a really good reminder, you know, to be patient and not compare your life timeline to someone else's and to just really, you know, give yourself grace in the seasons of waiting and the seasons of growth and to keep in mind all of the good things that can come out of a season of growth because we tend to just dwell on the worst case scenarios or dwell on the negative things as we go through uncomfortable seasons so it's just a good reminder and I really like this just because I know I definitely struggle with seeing other people's lives that you know maybe look a lot more glamorous or people who have a lot more free time or a lot more autonomy over their day-to-day life I tend to look at them and you know think, which I hate this so much, but it's just that comparative mindset, but I do from time to time, especially when I'm feeling really down about where I'm at currently, I do find myself saying, you know, that must be nice or good for them. Like, and a lot of the times I am genuinely happy for the person, but when my mental health's like in a really, really rough state, then yes, there's definitely some envy there. And that's just not the healthiest thing in the world, but it's it's human. So I just thought this was a really good reminder. And I think it's especially good for, you know, wellness journeys and health journeys as well to apply this quote to that. Because when you're getting started on a health and wellness journey, it mm-hmm. can be so discouraging when you look at someone who has been, you know, it, or you look at someone who just like seems to have their life together. Like they meal prep, they have a workout routine consistently, they you know, meditate every day and it's like all these things and you're sitting here with no wellness journey and you're looking at that thinking to yourself, oh my gosh, this is so overwhelming, you know, I have to start all of this for my wellness journey, but it's important to remember, one, you don't need to integrate every single one of those things into your routine in the first place because not all of that may be what works best for you. And number two, even if you did want to integrate all of those things into your wellness routine, it's not something that you would need to do at once, it's something that you could, you know, gradually do with time. But I think that with social media, we tend to look at people's, you know, three years and compare it to our day one. And that's just not fair to ourselves or fair to the other person because we're really discounting the hard work that that person has put in. And I feel this way sometimes because I know like I have had people say to me, like, just make comments about, um, you know, where I'm at with like my wellness journey and everything or just like make comments about how it's easy for me and this hasn't happened like recently by any means but like it has in the past and it was always really off-putting because I was like I worked so hard for this what do you mean like what <laughs> so it can be really easy especially with social media to compare where you're at today with someone else else's like three years like I said so this is just a really good reminder um you know you'll be so glad that you didn't give up when you finally arrive to where you know you want to be and You'll be glad that you didn't sink yourself to someone else's timeline, like the quote says, because all the good things happen um, in time on our own timeline. So I just thought that was a really good quote for this week. And for my gratitude this week, I'm just really thankful for my support system and my family. Um, unfortunately, last weekend, I actually lost one of my grandparents, and it's been really hard because it it's just like not something that I've had to deal with thankfully. As an adult, um, I lost my great-grandmother a few years ago, but it was something that we like kind of had time to come to terms with, and not saying that made it easier by any means, but um, that was several years ago, like early in college, and in my adult life, I just fortunately have not had to grieve or deal with the loss of you know people in my life that are close to me besides my great-grandmother several years ago. And it's just been really hard because of just how much I'm feeling for my dad and his siblings right now, and it's been really hard because I know how special it was to have like my grandma's at my brother's wedding when he got married several years ago, and knowing you know that my grandma's not gonna be there um my dad's mom won't be there for mine is hard and just hard to accept in general that she's no longer here because she was just truly the most supportive and brightest and loving soul and I have just been really thankful lately that I got the time with her that I did because unfortunately we didn't ever really grow up that close to her because she's always lived in Texas and we would see her like once every other year or once a year if that and I hate that but that's just how it was growing up because we've always lived far and I do just want to say you know I've just been so grateful for the time that I've gotten to see her in the last year and a half because since I have moved to Texas I've seen her so much more and it's been such a blessing and I'm I saw her more in the last year than I did like in any other year of my life, or really even, I would go as far to say combined, but it's probably not that much, but I mean, it's close to it, because I just, it's so nice to be able to be in close driving distance, you know, and yeah, I mean, we're going to miss her a lot, but I'm, you know, glad that she's not in pain anymore, and she's been, she had been sick for a while, so um, it just sucks, and it's, you know, not something that's easy at all. And it's really hard because when you lose someone you love, it just kind of feels like the world stops and you have to keep going, which is really hard. Um, And you want to let yourself feel things and feel your feelings and everything and grieve. But when you just have to like jump back into like really crazy, insane work weeks and just go about like nothing happened, it's just so difficult And I am taking a day for bereavement for her um, funeral and service next Friday, but it was just hard because I found out, I think, Saturday or Sunday morning, and then I just kind of, like, went through, I had to go through work this week because it's, like, one of my biggest weeks of the year, basically, and it was just really hard, Um, but I'm just really grateful for my support system through all of this, um, for my fiancé and his family, and just for my family in general. And, um, yeah. And I just want to say like, I don't, I struggle with sharing this kind of stuff just because it's, you know, a level of vulnerability that's hard. Um, but I do just want to say if you are going through anything similar or you have been through anything similar recently, um, I'm sending all of my love to you and, my DMs are always open. I may not get to it right away, especially with just how busy things are right now and how crazy everything is. But if you just need to like feel like you have a friend, like please know my DMs are always open because I never want anyone to have to go through something like this alone because um, it's hard and nobody deserves to go through you know losing a loved one alone in general. So that is my gratitude for this week and I love and miss my grandma already so so much um but it's it's just something it's part of life unfortunately and it just it happens but um yeah it's it's hard but I'm grateful for all the time and memories that I did get with her and for my support system and now getting into this week's episode I want to start off with the first thing which is something that I have definitely talked about before on the podcast and I've talked about before on my youtube channel and everything so it's not necessarily anything new but I can't just do this episode and not mention it just because it's such an integral part to my wellness routine and my wellness habits so movement and finding a form of movement for me that doesn't feel forced and allowing myself to switch things up is needed what I mean by this is basically just having a consistent workout routine I in the last six to eight months I have been more consistent with working out and more happy with working out than I have been in my entire life and it's all about finding something that works for you and I started going to F45 in October when we moved and before that I was mainly doing spend classes um, and then before that I was mainly like lifting in the gym and I had periods of being happy with both of those workouts, but I definitely Got to points where I wasn't really feeling Motivated or inspired with them, which is fine And I think that happens even with the workouts you do love But I have just been on such a high with f45 ever since I started and I think it's just because It's something that's truly so challenging for me and it's like even though it gets easier with time because you get more used to it there are days and times like where you will still be so challenged and it'll feel just as tough as like your first class and that's so important to me with working out um, because I do really like to challenge myself and it's also just been so great because it goes by so quickly and I am somebody that gets so bored with workouts especially if they're stationary and that I think is why I love it so much too is because I feel like I blink and it's over so it's like a very short suffering you know And I have just absolutely been loving it and I love just how I feel afterwards because I always have like a really great endorphin rush afterwards and I love that it's a mix of strength and cardio because everything I was doing before was pretty much solely strength or solely cardio. So having this mix, I've just noticed like how much better I feel and how much better my body feels. And granted, there's been some weeks where I've gone like six days a week and my body has like felt Beyond done at the end of the week rightfully so you know I went six days that week so like you would think that I would be really tired and I don't really do that anymore because I kind of noticed that that's like a quick way to burn out my body and fatigue so I tend to just try to not do more than five days a week and then I'll usually do one like dedicated yoga session either every other week or every week. And then I try to always stretch in the mornings for at least five to 10 minutes, which is something I've started doing recently. And I just have to emphasize the importance of finding something that works for you because it's everything in our life with social media has become a trend. Like any little interest or hobby or passion there is there is a trending version of that thing and then there's a not trending version of that thing for example like with workouts it's i feel like spend had a moment and then it's like pilates is the thing now and you know strength training has its moment and it's just everyone needs to do what's best for them and it's great when these trends do happen because it brings more awareness to different kinds of workouts that you may have not otherwise gone and tried but At the same time, you do have to just kind of do what works best for you and do something that you don't feel like you are forcing yourself to go. And don't get me wrong, there are days when I don't want to go because I'm tired or I would rather you know, just rest for a little bit, but you kind of just get to a point where you know how much better you feel afterwards and knowing that feeling in the back of your mind It's so much easier to just get yourself to go. But I'm literally at a point with working out now where I am always trying to find a way to fit it in my schedule. And each day I'm looking forward to it. And like I said, there are moments where that's not the case. So me saying that is kind of like a generalized statement. But I find myself, you know, looking forward to it and trying to like schedule my day based on when I can go. And if that doesn't like... Speak volumes about how I feel about it and how much I love it. I don't know what will, but the biggest takeaway with movement is that you have to give yourself grace with it. And what I mean by this is that a lot of times, you know, something will be trending and we'll hop on that bandwagon and we'll just be like, okay, I'm gonna, you know, really become this like Pilates girl and I'm gonna do this. And whether it's because you're doing it for the wrong reasons or maybe you did too much too fast or maybe you didn't give it a fair enough shot, you can switch things up as you need to. You know, I think so many of us, we think that once we start to like something and or once we start to see results from something, we have to stick with it. But that's the beauty of movement is our bodies are incredible and we can do so many different things for Movement and for exercise, and you know we don't have to be married to any one exercise routine. We can switch things up as we need to, and always come back. You know it's not going anywhere. You can always go back to stained glasses. You can always go back to Pilates. You know it's not going to go anywhere, and you can switch things up if you get bored. And I think we treat it like a breakup. You know it's like oh I'm just not really feeling Pilates anymore. Like I just I'm not feeling motivated to go, and like that's okay. You can part ways with it, whether that's three days or three weeks or three months or three years, and it will be there when you're ready to go back to it. And that's so important to remember because do you really think that you're going to get anywhere with your workout routine and with maintaining consistency with it if you're forcing yourself to do something that you don't really want to be doing in the first place? No, like you can force yourself to do it for maybe like a week, but after that you're just going to like really be creating this resistance between you and the workout and that's ultimately just going to end up impacting your ability and your desire and your motivation to work out in general because you've created this resistance that didn't ever need to be there in the first place. Like you could have kept up that consistent routine with movement if you just allowed yourself to switch things up rather than forcing yourself to stick to something that you don't really care about anymore or that's not Filling your cup anymore, or just isn't really doing what you want it to do. It's okay to switch things up, and it's better to just go ahead and switch things up and accept that and go try something else rather than forcing yourself to do something that you don't want to do anymore and creating a resistance that's going to end up causing a lot of tension between you and your workout routine. And movement is just so important, and I have really, and this goes for my whole wellness journey in general. I think a lot of people look at people who prioritize like wellness and the foods they eat and how much they exercise as being like too controlling and too you know by the book with how they live their life but like that's not for anyone to judge because we're all just doing trying to do what works best for us but the whole reason why I'm so into it is because I don't know if it's me like almost being 25 I don't really know if it's just me having a year of plus of post-grad under my belt at this point but I one of my just like core desires is to just feel good and I don't know if that's because I don't feel good in a lot of areas of my life so I just really want to you know do things that make me physically and mentally and emotionally feel good as much as I can I don't know if it's because I've gone through periods where I haven't felt good physically I don't really know what it is but I just want to feel good and I want to be healthy like it's an absolute top priority for me at the end of every day. I don't I, I don't sit here. I don't have these like goals in terms of my I don't have like a goal weight. I don't have a goal physique. I am truly just trying to feel good and be healthy and that is my goal because I want to be healthy when I have kids. I want to be taking care of myself now so that when I want to start trying to have kids it hopefully makes my life easier and I want to be you know in good shape like mentally physically and emotionally when I have children so I can be the best parent and wife I can be and I want to you know live as long as of a life as I can and taking care of my health is like one of the top ways to do that does that mean I'm going to have this like incredibly strict and you know absolutely no grace life with you know eating unhealthy or having lazy days hey it's ryan reynolds and i'm here with keith co-star of my upcoming film if only in theaters may 17th do you want to tell people the big news you know, having a super strict routine is also really key for me. And that's kind of what I look at when I look at my workout routine. I'm not looking at it as, you know, how many workouts can I do in a week? It's like, what can I do this week that's going to feel really balanced? Okay, I think three strength days, two cardio days, and, you know, going on walks when I feel like it, taking extra long stretches when I feel like it, going to a yoga class if I can, and, you know, one week, it may be two strength days and two cardio days. And that's fine. I'll have an extra rest day that week, that kind of thing. Like it's all about balance. And overall exercise is so important to me because of how much it's helped with my sleep and my overall mood. And I notice this more now than I did when I was in college. So if you're hearing me say this now and you're in college, and you're just like, I don't really get it because I exercise and that doesn't really, I feel like that doesn't have an impact on me trust me I get it because in college I never really noticed this at all and I think it's just because in college we have very weird routines like even if you're a very routine person at college and you have a morning routine and you have a nighttime routine and like you're doing kind of like the same thing every morning and night your days are still so variable because of your class times because like I would have days where I was in class literally the entire day and then like two other days of the week I would have no class so it was just like that lack of consistency made it really hard to have like solid understanding of what was impacting my mood and what was impacting my sleep because there was just a lack of consistency overall because of the nature of your schedule and you know college. I've just especially noticed a difference with being a working adult and having a much more routine life in terms of my day-to-day life. The days that I do not exercise, I have such a hard time falling asleep and it's probably because I have such a sedentary job and I'm at a desk all day. You know, if I was like out doing things outside all day, I would probably be able to fall asleep with no problem and this wouldn't really be applicable. But if you work any sort of desk job or if you're inside most of the day, you probably know the feeling of getting to the end of the day and being like, wow, I worked all day, but I feel so restless right now while I'm laying in bed. And you know, you may mentally be exhausted, but you barely exerted any like physical energy throughout the day. So of course, it's going to be harder to fall asleep because, you know, you just didn't really move much. And it's kind of like the equivalent of if you were laying on the couch all day, like you're not really going to feel as tired at night probably. And it's been so helpful for my sleep. And it was like the second I noticed that. It really didn't take long at all for me to notice oh the days I don't work out I really have a hard time falling asleep and the second I noticed that after probably like three times of not working out I was like okay this is going to be a priority for me to make sure I exercise as many work days as I can so I typically try to do four of the like Monday to Friday days and then Sunday and Saturday is like my full day off and then sometimes I'll work out 5 of the work weekdays but I typically don't it's usually 4 and then the one other day I typically like to like go on a walk or something and just do something very you know simple and easy and nothing like too crazy so that I don't get too fatigued but it also has just helped my overall mood so much especially with working out around lunchtime I recently started taking my lunch breaks as like my workout class time And that's just been really helpful for me, like having a better mood in the second half of the day and not really like, you know, getting so just bleh and tired from like being at my desk for so many consecutive hours during the day or sitting down for so many consecutive hours. It really breaks up my day nicely between morning and night. And even before I did this, I still really liked going in the evening because I felt like it was a hard separation between work and like ending my day and I really like having that separation because otherwise everything just feels so blended to me because of working from home it's like I log off and then it's like oh gonna cook dinner and then get ready for bed and everything and it just doesn't really ever feel like you're technically done working because you're still in the same place so leaving and coming back that really creates that separation and I really like that and I think it helps my overall mood a lot and I'm just a lot more of an energetic and happy person when I do prioritize working out and making sure I get a workout and movement in and it's also helped so much with just my body image in general because I literally don't ever think of things as I'm going to workout to like look a certain way and I have been that way in the past and I definitely think that there have been times in my life where I Definitely struggled with some body dysmorphia and I think that that's very, very common among lots of men and women, especially, you know, when you're in those college years and you're around a ton of new people and even when you're in high school and your body's just changing a lot and then even in post-grad when your life and routine changes a lot so your body changes a lot it's just a lot of change and it's really hard um when you're expecting you know you're you're putting this expectation for yourself to like stay the same but that's not really fair when you put into consideration all of the things in your life that change over the years and my my relationship with body image just has never been better than it has been these past like six to eight months and it's because I'm looking at my body as you know look how incredible it is to like see the progress that I've made when I when I go to these workout classes and I notice that I can lift a heavier weight or when I notice that I'm not getting as winded in cardio or just when I notice like how good I feel or how I'm getting more flexible because I'm prioritizing it stretching every morning and I'm noticing and paying more mind to those things rather than like what I'm seeing in the mirror and just really being grateful for my body and its ability to move and do those things and then a byproduct of all of that is that my relationship with food's gotten so much better because I look at it truly as fuel because I want to make sure I eat enough and that I'm fueled enough to exert the energy I need to in my workout classes because nothing feels worse when you just like haven't really, you know, ate enough or maybe you like didn't really have anything in the last couple hours and then you go to a workout class. And you're like, oh my gosh, I do not have enough energy for this. And you're like really trying to push yourself, but you just feel no energy. It's the worst feeling. So, if anything, it has helped my relationship with food so much too, because I really feel like I'm in this place where I am always thinking of food as fuel and not really looking at it as something from a calorie perspective or from a macro perspective. And while I do consider those things, that's not the priority. I'm looking at it as fuel. And the second thing is minimizing artificial light before bed. So this wellness habit is really hard considering we are all addicted to our phones. But I think the biggest thing I want to mention because I didn't realize how many people like do this still, um, but I don't have a TV like in our bedroom and I haven't had a TV in my room since, oh my gosh, I don't know how long it's been. Probably since like my sophomore or junior year of high school, I don't think I've had a TV in my room. And I'd never had one in my room in college, not even in my dorm. I mean, yes, I watched things on my laptop, but that was just like what I did. And that has just been so helpful for helping me to fall asleep more quickly. And I really tried to not be on my phone before bed too, like for the last hour, but it definitely doesn't always happen because sometimes, you know, like yesterday, for example, I was in office for like the whole day and then I had to work more when I got home And I had so many texts from yesterday that I just like hadn't gotten to and I was like, oh, I feel like I need to post something on social media because I just haven't really posted anything this week and I just like felt all this pressure and I was like, oh, I should like probably post like my outfit from today at work and I was like trying to do all of that, but I was also just trying to hurry up and get the sleep because I was done working at like nine o'clock and I knew I'd have to get up early this morning. So I was like, oh, I want to try and get, you know, a full amount of sleep tonight. So... Obviously, I got in bed and I was like responding to my text and like, you know, posting something on Instagram and all of this stuff. And totally didn't go by that last night, but it was more so because I was like, oh my gosh, I haven't been on my phone all day and I need to do X, Y, and Z. And I'm about to go to bed. So I'm just going to do it right here. But I really try not to be on my phone before bed and really just try to go by the rule of thumb of like, okay, don't get on social media when I'm laying in bed because that is a really quick way to just get yourself in the habit of doom scrolling and I really try not to do that and I try not to check my phone first thing in the morning as well but another thing that I've really tried to do lately which has been hard because it's always been sort of a comfort thing for me is not having my computer in bed because in college one of my favorite things to do was to like pull out my computer and just open up youtube and watch my youtube subscriptions when i would wake up in the morning with my cup of coffee in bed or do it as i was going to sleep for the night and like sometimes i would fall asleep with my computer in my lap watching videos and don't get me wrong i there are days when i crave i'm like okay i just want to like go lay in bed and open up youtube and have my cup of coffee and i haven't done that in a long time but every now and then when i crave it i absolutely let myself do it and that's what wellness is all about is like maintaining that balance and allowing yourself when you really feel like doing that to do it but having your 80% your most of the time be the things that really do contribute to your overall wellness and really help you prioritize your wellness goals and the no computer in bed thing is something that I've like recently probably in the last like year tried to really prioritize because I used to always edit in my bed to like edit my youtube videos and everything and I don't really have a problem with doing that because it's like fine and I don't know I don't necessarily want to sit at a desk even more than I already do but I like to try and like force myself to you know sit on my couch or sit at my like kitchen counter because I don't spend a ton of time on my couch just because I don't really watch tv often and sometimes you just want to sit in your living room for a living room vibe you know so I have tried to do the whole no computer in bed thing just to keep me from I don't know or not keep me from but it keeps me having My bed is like the space for me to purely rest. And, you know, I can read in bed and I can rest in bed. And that's, you know, what that's for. I don't want to be working. I don't want to be scrolling on social media, all that stuff. So definitely minimizing artificial light before bed because it's absolutely helped me sleep a lot better. Because I definitely notice the times that I'm on my phone, I have a lot harder of a time falling asleep that night. And I also just can't really get my mind to shut off. And number 3 is thinking of self-care as micro habits instead of these strung out routines or dedicated days, etc. And basically this is just breaking down self-care into the tiniest little actionable steps instead of thinking of self-care as this big mountain that you have to climb or achieve. And I think we often with social media think of self-care as having this that girl routine or having you know this whole look attached to self-care or a dedicated day for it or having using certain products whatever it may be but when you think of self-care as one personal to you and just subjective in general and two you think of it in a way of just those micro actionable habits that you can build instead of you know those big things that feel a lot more insurmountable it's a lot easier to actually prioritize self-care and I think in college my mindset of self-care was very much like oh face mask and you know xyz products and taking a shower and while all of those things absolutely are self-care there are also very many other things that are self-care and that is something as small as you know saying no to plans that you don't want to attend. It's something as small as using your favorite coffee mug in the morning with your morning coffee and just doing as many of those little things as you can in a day to just sort of optimize your overall mental and emotional health that day. Because when you think of it on that micro level, think of how many things you can stack and how many of those things you can add to your day. And like the impact that that will cumulatively have on your day. Because we tend to think of it on that macro level where we're like, okay, I've got to have it like have this certain aesthetic and it's going to be this whole time consuming, day long thing. But no, if you think of it on the micro level, it's like those small things make the biggest impact. And especially when you think of them cumulatively, like the micro things, when you think of their impact once you put them all together, that is truly where, you know, a lot of the happiness and the joy and just the peace comes from with the act of prioritizing self-care. And number four is clinging as much as I can to the things that help me be more internally at peace and ultimately feel most calm. And what I mean by this is basically just doing the things that make me feel as much inner peace as possible, rather than neglecting things because they either aren't as applauded, they aren't as productive, or maybe they aren't as popular. And I know that there's just, I don't even want to call it pressure because nobody's like actually pressuring us, but just because of the way we consume content on social media, we sort of subconsciously end up pressuring ourselves to enjoy the things that are popular or do the things that other people are doing. And we tend to lose sight of the things that we enjoy most ourselves and that are authentic to us. And I noticed a big shift in this when I graduated and became, you know, like a post-grad adult because I think in college when you're around people who are, you know, all in the same phase of life and all the same age and all of that stuff, it's really easy to just sort of morph your habits into the habits and lifestyle of like the people around you without really thinking about what you actually truly care about at the end of the day and what's authentic to you and then when I got in postgrad and I like wasn't surrounded by a ton of people because like I have like one friend in my city it's like oh I you know have all these interests and things that I have just kind of neglected over the years because they weren't viewed to be like productive things and I've like attached this productive identity to all of my content on social media so I kind of got to this point where I felt like if it wasn't productive or if it wasn't a certain level of aesthetic I couldn't do it because I create content with most of my life so it's like oh if this isn't gonna get me views because it's not necessarily seen as productive or it's not as applauded then I'm not gonna do it so there's so much that I enjoy So much that I have neglected for so long just because of silly things like that. And now I'm at a point as an adult where I'm, you know, realizing how important it is to just really cling to those things that are, that bring me peace and are authentic to me and the way I like to spend my time. And some examples of that are, you know, reading and surfing and spending time at the beach, exercising, creating content. And just things like that and you know you may hear that and just think like what about those is not okay to do but when you create content it gets you get to a point where you're like oh crap like I just realized that I have like formed my entire life and my identity based off of you know this perception of how can I create good content and when you're always creating content it kind of morphs into the way you live your life and there's this no separation so you end up kind of shutting out things that you do truly love just because they don't make for good content per se. So, which all of those things I think could make for good content, but maybe they don't just necessarily align with where you're at in life right now, but there's still things that you really enjoy. So there's no way to like sort of easily fit it into your life. And that's kind of how I feel with like surfing in the beach. Like those are two things that I cherish so much that I care so much about, but I don't really get to do that often or go to that often anymore. So it's, you know, okay, how can I prioritize like being able to go back to Florida where my parents are to the beach this year and get that peace. Whereas, you know, I feel like I feel pressured to go on vacations to new places for content and to, you know, show people these new places in my vlogs or on my Instagram or whatever. That's what I feel pressured to do. And the old me would have neglected my desire to go back home and just be at the beach and like find that inner peace there and cling to it and I would have you know done things for the sake of being able to get the content don't get me wrong there's a time and a place to like make that change and like get out of your comfort zone and do that but that doesn't need to be the case all the time like if it doesn't bring you peace at that moment then like you know it's probably not good for that moment and maybe it's good for another moment down the road. So today me, present me is somebody that would, you know, prioritize like actually just going back home and saying, okay, maybe it's ridiculous that the only times I travel I'm pretty much just going back home, but that's what brings me the most peace where with where I'm at right now in life. So I'm going to do that and I'm not going to care. And it's all about finding that inner peace at the end of the day and finding that inner peace is something that has impacted my wellness and just really getting to a good place mentally and emotionally. And I say finding the inner peace, but really I just mean like identifying those moments where you feel the most stable and calm and at peace. And like whether you take note of them literally or you just sort of like mentally tell yourself this feels good and I feel at peace, taking note of that, whether it's mentally or literally... And doing as much as you can to prioritize integrating that into your life as much as you can so that you can create more of those moments where you feel that way. And number five is drinking less alcohol and pacing my alcohol when I do drink. I'm not somebody that's like completely given up alcohol by any means because, oh my Lord, I love me a good (laughs) margarita. I love tequila. And I say that, but I'm not somebody who has like a drink every week by any means But I'd say, like, really, ever since, like, my senior year of college, I have, you know, just really prioritized pacing myself when I do drink. I'm very much the type of person that's like, okay, I'm going to make sure I eat before I go out and drink. And I'm going to, you know, only have a drink an hour. And if I'm driving, a drink every, like, two hours or hour and a half. And I typically go by that but I never top three drinks, never. Um, I'd, I'd even go as far to say two drinks, but have there been times where I've had three drinks? Yes, but it's typically in a situation where I'm like out and about for like six plus hours and I've had three drinks that entire time. So I very, very rarely, you know, I, I don't really like getting drunk. I don't like the way I feel the next day. I don't like the way I feel in the moment. I just really like to get a good buzz and ride that buzz, and then be able to function the next day, and that is my personal preference. Am I judging people who go out and you know black out on the weekends? No, you spend your time how you want to do it because there was a time and place when I loved getting you know drunk and having a great time like that. So, and that's just not where I'm at right now. But for my overall wellness, the best thing for me is once again here I am saying it balance and just drinking less alcohol overall and pacing my alcohol when I do drink and then something to go off of this I wanted to share some like replacement drinks that I like instead of alcohol that sort of just give you that same they don't they don't give you a buzz but they give you that same like oh I'm drinking a fun drink vibe because you know how sometimes you're just like at a restaurant and you're like oh I want a fun drink well, sometimes you want a fun drink but you don't want the alcohol. So, yeah, you can order a mocktail, but if you're at home and you're like, "What can I drink that feels like I'm having a cocktail at home or a fun drink at a restaurant?" I really love Poppies. I have one sitting right next to me right now. I love the Raspberry Rose and the Watermelon and the Strawberry Lemon flavor and the Cherry Limeade flavor. But my favorite's probably Raspberry Rose and the Cherry Limeade or Cherry Lime. And then I also really like kombucha. I love a lot of different kombuchas. I like Health Aid, Buddha's Brew, which is brewed in Austin, Texas. So you can pretty much only get it in Texas. I think Is like my favorite. Um, I love the prickly pear one, the strawberry lemonade and the pineapple super greens the most. And then I do like some of the synergy ones, but the synergy ones feel a little bit more syrupy to me than some of the others and like thicker. So I don't necessarily love that, but that's just because I've drank a lot of different kombuchas at this point but I absolutely love a kombucha and I also really like olipops and the olipop cream soda is probably like my favorite fun drink of all of those and it's just so good and it tastes so legitimate and I also really like the olipop orange and the cherry cola um and then the banana cream's fun and good so those are just like some fun other drinks we just need like a fun drink I wanted to share those with you but I also wanted to say you know drinking less alcohol ultimately like just boils down to the lifestyle you're living because if you're in a situation where the people you're surrounding yourself with are people who you know drink every weekend and they like their their priority is to go out every weekend then that's probably what you're going to find yourself doing so I've gotten to the point where you know I just surround myself with people who either live a similar lifestyle to me or maybe they don't live a similar lifestyle to me and they drink a lot more often than I do but they at least respect me not really caring to like get drunk very often if at all and just like pace myself when I drink and they respect everyone living their life the way they want to because I have no problem like if my friends want to go out like I will absolutely go out with them I'm not gonna reject going going out just because I don't want to get drunk like I can I know that I have the self-control to be like okay like yeah my friends want to go out heck yeah I want to go out too and I'm just not going to you know I don't have to get drunk. I can just pace myself the whole time. And the best part is, is, you know, I can drive myself. I can commit to having one drink or two drinks and staying there longer. And then I don't have to pay for an Uber either and just always being safe with it. And I, I know I have that self-control and I like being in control, especially when it comes to like the driving and everything. Granted, I feel like 99% of the time we're Ubering anyways Um, when it's a situation where it's like, There's a possibility that I won't be driving But even in ubers, I don't necessarily feel safe. I always like Freak out and get paranoid about like the driver and like the way they're driving So I just like to be the one driving and being in control um, but it's really ultimately obviously alcohol is You know, it's it's not good for us. That's like literally proven and it's a depressant and obviously wellness and alcohol don't really go hand in hand, but like i've said it's all about balance and I probably drink like once maybe twice a month but if i have a long week at work and even if i don't sometimes i just want a margarita on a friday night to kick off the weekend and i'm gonna flip and do it many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care plush care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey they can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Um, and I'm not going to have any regrets, but I may have a weekend too where I, I'm like, you know what, I kind of just want to have a couple more drinks and just let go, then I will. And it's all about balance. But number six is having a consistent bedtime and wake up time, and ultimately finding the number of hours of sleep that work best for me. And this has been something that's been so hard for me because my whole life, I've never really been someone that can easily sleep a lot or sleep in. I also don't nap very easily. So if I lay down the nap, I'm probably gonna, chances are on average, I probably wake up within 18 minutes of falling asleep. And I know that sounds very oddly specific, but I say that because I feel like every time I lay down the nap, I usually set an alarm for 30 minutes but almost every time I wake up between like the 17 to 22 minute of like when I last looked at my clock um, (laughs) mark and so maybe I'm not even asleep for 17 to 22 minutes because I don't necessarily fall asleep as soon as I put my phone down but I don't know why I just can't really nap and I can't really sleep in that easily however if it's like a full on blackout room and I'm like super comfortable and I've had like you know, a long week or I had a really busy day and I exercise that day and there's like blackout curtains, blackout shades, and the room is going to stay completely dark until, you know, you open those shades. I probably can sleep in in that situation, but I still will wake up and then go back to sleep. You know what I mean? I don't just like sleep for like nine hours straight. Like my brother, he can sleep. I remember he sent from his aura ring or his watch or something the other day that he slept for like 12 or 13 hours and it was like nine of them were like deep sleep and i was like literally what but he is like i don't know he he works really hard so i'm like you know you need that but that's just not me and it's funny because my dad and i are like both the same way in that sense but then my mom and my brother are like the exact same and that they can fall asleep anywhere anytime and stay asleep and my dad and i just like we're like yep no sleep till brooklyn not really but bad reference bad joke sorry um anyways but I tend to try to always wake up within the same 30 minute window in the morning and go to bed within the same 30 minute window so that my body is on as much of a clock as it can be and that's the other thing that I think that was so hard about college and why I always felt so tired all the time and I've definitely mentioned this before but I used to post all the time in college like please help I cannot stay asleep in the afternoon in my classes I am dozing off whether I have class or not every day around 2 to 3 p.m. And I always need to have a power nap or a coffee to get me through the rest of the day. And I think there were a lot of things factoring into this. I don't think I was drinking enough water. I don't really think I was, you know, eating the right food. I think I was eating a lot more processed stuff than I realized and just not really getting true nutrients or as many true nutrients as I needed to. So I was probably pretty deficient on a lot of vitamins. And also just having that whack routine of like sitting in class all day one day and then having no class the next day. And I was always tired all the time. And even when I was getting enough sleep and even when I, you know, wasn't going out every night on the weekend, it's, I just struggled so much with it. And now that I'm an adult and I have a much more structured routine and I feel like I eat a lot more whole foods and I'm drinking a lot more water and I have a much more structured life. I have noticed that, you know, having that consistent bedtime and that consistent wake up time, I don't really get that crash anymore. Do I have days where I feel super tired and like fatigued in the afternoon? Absolutely, a hundred percent. Like I said, I didn't really sleep well last night. And around two PM today, I was like really starting the crash. Um, but I feel fine now. And It was an everyday thing when I was in college, like every single day I struggled with it. And it was either I get a coffee or I take a 20 minute power nap and it was one of those things. And I think that having a consistent bedtime and wake up time, so waking up in that same 30 minute time frame, it puts your body on a schedule and you know we have our circadian rhythms and I think that... As much as you can sync that to be like as consistent as possible, like it's only going to benefit you more and because your body will start to get tired around the same time every day and your body will start to wake up around the same time every day out of habit and ultimately I also think it's really important to just find the number of hours of sleep that work best for you, like I said, because like I already mentioned, I have a hard time (laughs) sleeping in. I really naturally wake up after about seven and a half hours of sleep and that's just kind of what I've accepted I went through a phase where I would try to force myself to sleep like eight eight and a half hours because I just felt like that was what I needed and that was what was better for me and is it probably like what I need yes but I just genuinely feel so much worse when I wake up after eight hours of sleep versus when I wake up after seven and and I know it's all about the timing and you know what phase of your sleep cycle you're in when you wake up that impacts you know the way you feel in the morning and probably a lot of other factors as well but I've noticed that if I try to set my alarm like say I am in bed at 10 o'clock I will likely set my alarm for 6 because I know I'm not going to fall asleep right away but if I'm like getting in bed at 10 o'clock and, or maybe let's say like 10, 15, because it usually doesn't take me like 30 minutes to fall asleep, but on a day where I don't work out, it does probably take me 30 minutes to fall asleep, but if I'm getting into bed around 10 o'clock and I still need to like set my alarm, I'll probably read for like 10 or 15 minutes, then I will set my alarm for six o'clock the next day, and I know you're probably like, wait, 10 to six, that's eight hours, and you just say seven and a half, yes, but I'm talking about like time asleep, so I know that realistically speaking, I'll probably fall asleep around 1030 if I'm getting in bed around 10. So I'll set my alarm for six and that'll make sure I get my seven and a half hours of sleep. And then with that, I want to say that having a gradual alarm is so much better. It doesn't have to be the hatch. Do I have the hatch and do I love it? Absolutely yes. But there are plenty of other alarms out there that can do the gradual wake up thing with the noise at your actual alarm time and then the brightening of the lights like you can literally one of my friends has literally bought the I think they're like the phillips hue light bulbs and you can like put them on a timer so she literally just kind of like duped the (laughs) hatch alarm clock and just like found a alarm sound that she like liked and downloaded and then she uses the phillips hue lights and has them turn on at like a certain hour um in the morning and the hatch I really like because it starts off dark with the light and then it gradually, you know, gets lighter, kind of like the sun, based on when you set your alarm time. And I really like that because I typically, what ends up typically happening is I wake up before my actual alarm because of the light. So I just wake up feeling a lot more refreshed because it's not like this sudden sound going off and I'm like jolting awake right away. It's more so I'm waking up on my own time, but I'm waking up before my alarm actually sounds because of the sun. And that's just. Truly, just helped my sleep a lot because I definitely think that in college when I was just waking up to like my iPhone alarm, that was so brutal, and I just really just don't think that's the way we should be waking up because I think I truly believe us as humans were meant to like rise as the sun is rising because that's what our natural circadian rhythm is. So why would it make sense for us to literally, you know? sit up out of bed like freaking zombies is the second we hear a sound. Like that's just like not how we should be waking up in my opinion. And number seven is intuitive eating and focusing on whole foods as much as possible. So intuitive eating isn't really something that I kind of toyed around with or I don't even want to say toyed around with because I'm sitting here making it out to sound like something very particular and like scheduled and that like I plan for it and I have a routine with it when really, I just like found out what it meant. And I was like, that's kind of the life I want to live. And then I just kind of did it. (laughs) And I will say I probably found out about it in like 2020 ish. And then when I had a Rebecca Lee health on Instagram on the podcast back in 2020 or 2021, she talked a lot about intuitive eating, and it was super beneficial. And I've only learned more about it since then. But really, intuitive eating is quite literally what the words say, it's eating intuitively. And eating the foods that you feel like eating when you feel like eating them and, you know, having a good balance and I think that that's been the healthiest thing for me because I think in college a lot of times I would like, get really focused on like, oh, I, I feel like I need to eat this chicken because I just haven't had, you know, chicken in a while or haven't ate like protein today and in that case then yeah I probably should eat the chicken if I haven't had protein yet but there are other ways to get protein and I just like kind of would force myself to eat things just because I felt like it was what I should be eating and as a result it just like ended up making it really hard sometimes to like cook meals because I would force myself to eat something that I didn't really want to eat or something of that sort and in high school I definitely had a phase where I was way too obsessed with Tracking what I ate, and that was definitely not good because then I never really let myself, you know, have a good balance with eating because I didn't like logging when I ate something bad, and that just wasn't a sustainable way to live, and it's not a healthy way to live. And now that you know, I'm Just working out a lot more and I'm exerting a lot more energy. Like I said earlier, I think of food as fuel, and intuitive eating to me is truly just me having a check in with myself when it's time for me to eat and saying, like, what do I feel like eating right now? And if you know, sometimes I'll have thoughts that come up and then I'm like, okay, that sounds good, but I don't really feel like that's what I want right now. Like, for example, yesterday I had texted Griffin while I was at the office and I was like, what do you want to do for dinner? Um we can make cuz we don't really have groceries since we knew we were like going out of town and our HelloFresh didn't really it got delivered to like the wrong house and they like the people didn't bring it to us until like the day after and it was sitting in like a rain puddle when they brought it back. So it like ruined the box and then I was like, "Okay, this food's like literally not good anymore." So we didn't have HelloFresh either, which we typically do. And it was really just, we were like, okay, we don't have groceries. We don't have fresh. What do we do? So I texted him and I said, we could do like a breakfast dinner after I get done with my workout class. And he was like, yeah, it sounds good. Because at the moment that sounded good to me. But then I worked out and you know how sometimes after you work out, you just like, your body just needs like certain food. And I was just like, yeah, never not the breakfast dinner. I'm not really feeling that because I had said, oh, we can make like the Trader Joe's like mini chocolate chip pancakes and like some eggs and turkey bacon and it'll be great. And have some fruit or something and when I thought about eating like pancakes I was like that just sounds like way too heavy right now after working out and I just didn't really want something sweet I guess at dinner time which I easily could have subbed that for some toast or something I just wasn't really thinking of that so we ended up um getting flower child instead which is so good and I love getting their like shrimp and a vegetable and then like either their um quinoa or their mac and cheese it's like really good and we ended up doing that instead and that's just like what I felt like having afterwards and same thing with like breakfast I eat the same thing for breakfast every single day I've been eating yogurt with granola and fruit every day for like the last year plus plus. and before that I was eating like overnight oats every single morning for a while and it's just intuitive it's what I really like in the mornings right now so that's what I'm eating and the second that I start to get kind of like eh about it and don't really want to eat anymore. I will switch it up and that's all what intuitive eating is. And another big thing is just eating within an hour of when I wake up. I feel like that's just helped my overall um just mood and clarity and the way I feel going into my day. And I've always been this way. I've always been somebody that needs to eat like within the hour when they wake up because I get so hungry and like dizzy if I don't. So, and I know it's scientifically proven to be better for your body. Just better for you in general to eat within the first hour of when you're waking up. And also going off of that, um, another big wellness tip for me when it comes to food is just eating at home as much as possible. And I try to limit eating out to like two times a week max. We typically do HelloFresh three nights a week and then I cook at home two nights a week and then the third night I'll either also cook at home or like Griffin will grill and then the other night we will either dash or pick something up and that's just typically what works best for us. And I just find that I feel a lot better when I'm eating food that I've cooked at home. And there's, you know, obviously that feeling of like knowing that you prepared a meal for yourself, it's great. And you're like, wow, I like, I am fueling myself with something that, you know, I took the time to make with my own hands and everything. Like, that's always great. So I really do try to limit eating out because I just know and notice a difference with, you know, eating my own food and eating at home as much as possible. And then last but not least, going off of that, with food is eating as many whole foods as possible. Like I mentioned earlier, I really feel like in college I ate a lot of processed stuff, but I just think that's the nature of being in college and like having no money in college and you're just eating what you can to, you know, survive basically. So I'm not sitting here saying I did things wrong because I was doing the best I could with what I had. And I would eat like a lot of processed snacks and I would kind of eat that in place of meals sometimes or... I would not really – I think I just didn't really eat enough protein in college either because I just – I've never really liked cooking meat, and I still don't. Like, I can – I can cook our, like, HelloFresh meat, and I can cook, like, ground meat, but I really hate cooking chicken breasts and, like, steaks and stuff. But fortunately, my fiancé loves to grill, so when we want to make those things, he typically just grills them for me, and then I'll take care of the other stuff. But, um, yeah, I really like to focus on whole foods as much as possible because – the food is from the earth and we you know it has all of these you know vitamins and these nutrients that are so much better to get naturally obviously if we can so focusing on those whole foods and trying to lean into those more than you know processed foods as much as i can and you know, obviously there's like with protein, I have been trying to like really have more protein lately because I just think I need more with how much I'm exercising. And because I just don't think I eat a ton of protein in general, like with my day-to-day food in my meals outside of like my dinner time. So I do have like protein powder with a smoothie and like, that's totally fine. I'm not sitting here saying that every single meal needs to be this like you know, homegrown in your garden type of situation. I'm not saying that by any means, but like eating your fruits, eating your veggies, you know, your, your meats and just really getting what you can in from like as whole of that natural sources you can, I guess, and keeping as little processed stuff as possible. But I'm not saying here saying that I don't have processed food because I definitely do, but I'm just saying having a balance once again, is anyone surprised? And number eight is the concept of self-acceptance. So this one has been really big for my mental and emotional and even physical health. And self-acceptance is something that I think a lot of us struggle with and nobody really talks about self-acceptance when you're sort of like in your teens or 20s because it's, I don't know, I just don't really think any of us know who we are and it's all about finding who we are and figuring out who we are when we are in our teens and 20s and everything. So it's not really something that anyone can talk about at our age and it's something that older people can talk to us about. But self-acceptance is one of my core values that I have identified in therapy, which if you've been listening to recent episodes, you've heard me talk about my core values. And it's just so important for me to love me for who I am and not try to fabricate myself or any aspect of myself in an effort to appear a certain way or to please people or whatever it may be. And self-acceptance is going to take you so far with your mental and emotional health because how are you ever supposed to be happy with yourself when you're not loving who you are and accepting who you are authentically? And if you're trying to force, you know, a certain lifestyle onto yourself that's like just not true to you or if you're trying to, you know, be someone you're not, whatever it may be, you're really going to end up putting yourself in a situation where you're going to have just not a great relationship with yourself and there will be a lot of tension and a lot of resistance when it comes to, you know, trying to identify who you are and really align with who you are because you're not really going to be your true self if you've you know spent all this time and effort into leading a different life that isn't you know in acceptance radical acceptance of yourself so I think that that one's been really big for me as well and sort of just you know accepting that I am who I am and that's not me saying like oh I have these terrible traits about me so I'm just going to accept that that's the way I am not necessarily I'm you know sitting here more so saying that I unapologetically love the things that I love. I unapologetically am interested in the things I'm interested in. And living that life is so much better for me than trying to force myself to like something because I think I'll be applauded for it more or I think it will, you know, gain the respect of other people more, whatever it may be. Number nine is prioritizing vitamin D. Truly getting as much sun as I possibly can in a day. I'm not the best about this, but I definitely try to be. And I always notice a huge difference when the seasons turn from winter to spring because, you know, when, like, it finally hits the 70s and the sun is out and the birds are chirping and you're, like, outside and you feel the sun literally soak into your skin, that moment is, like, everything to me. And I try to soak it up as much as I can and I love being in the sun I have always loved being in the sun I grew up going to the beach all the time I grew up doing all day beach days like it's a part of my existence and a part of my being is that necessarily a good thing that I grew up in the sun all day long definitely not because obviously your sun exposure should be limited and you know you should use SPF and everything but I think a lot of people kind of make the sun out to be the devil nowadays and I'm like "Uh, I think the like overly loaded with chemicals sunscreen is a devil not the literal sun and obviously like yes the sun can burn you and everything you have to be like safe with it and um being out in the sun is just so good for your mental health and I truly just notice a difference in how my mood is and the way I feel when I get like 20 to 30 minutes of sun exposure in a day versus when I don't And I know that it's, like, optimal to get that sun exposure first thing in the morning if you can. But unfortunately, I can't really get direct sunlight, like, on my porch. And I mean, I could go on a walk for 20 or 30 minutes. But it's typically, like, the sun isn't really in a spot in my neighborhood where it's over the trees until it's, like, already well into my workday. You know what I mean? So I can't really get the direct sunlight very easily, which is definitely a bummer. But I still try to get that exposure like at lunchtime like when I take my dog on a walk I will walk her and we'll like go sit on a bench together or something and just sit in the sun and it makes me feel so much better when I like walk back inside and I'm getting back to work it's seriously just therapeutic to me and it's proven to be good for you so get as much vitamin d as you can from the sun and last but not least number 10 is cycle tracking um not cycle syncing I'm not there yet I'm not that far into my wellness journey But what I mean by this is just being aware of how I feel during specific times of the month. That could be mentally taking note or that could be literally taking note, like I said earlier. So ever since I went off of birth control, which I'm also not here to like make birth control out to be the devil because I absolutely believe that, you know, it is totally needed in a lot of cases and I... think I do need to be on some because my periods are so brutal a lot of the times, but um, I just personally am just not on it right now. And honestly, I probably would go back on it, but I just don't take, I just don't want to take the time to go to the gynecologist and get it figured out right now. Um, But with all of that being said, when I didn't really pay any mind to this when I was on birth control, which is why I wanted to say this, because when I was on birth control, I didn't really have a period and I didn't really have any PMS symptoms because of that so I kind of just felt the same all the time um and I just didn't really have that fluctuation in my hormones and I didn't have all the mood swings and everything whereas now I've been off the pill for a little while and once again I'm not making I'm not saying the pill sucks because I'm totally an advocate for you know having the access to birth control for everybody that needs it and um I have been off of it for two years now yeah because I went off in March of 2021 I think so about two years and it took about a year for me to like fully realize my the impact on my mood month to month with you know totally just having my body be like its own natural hormones and the reason why this is so important for my wellness is because it helps me be more intuitive and it helps me just be more in tune with the decisions I'm making, and just my thoughts and my feelings. Because, for example, the two weeks, it really sucks being a woman sometimes because you have, like, seven to nine days of normalcy, of, like, feeling good and feeling normal. And the rest just sucks. Because for me, personally, my week and a half to two weeks before my period starts is hell, like, utter hell. And I'm, like, in my week before time right now I don't know the I know all the names of the phases of your cycle but I don't know really which ones are when I can like picture it from a book but I, I don't want to say it and be wrong so I'm not going to but for the phase when you're like the week before your period I oh my gosh I like am fighting a war in my head <laughs> every single day I get so emotionally reactive to everything like one little thing goes wrong and I lose my mind I like literally this past Monday at work I got so upset just because I was like asked to do something that I had already like just done and taken care of but it was something that was like missed by the client or something and I just like got so upset that I had to do it again and I literally started crying and I was like this is absurd. I would have no problem with this if it was two weeks ago, but like I had to check myself and be like, okay, what time of the month is it right now? You know, it's okay to feel this way, but like, you know, it's going to be okay. Like you're just very emotionally reactive right now and that's okay, but just take a deep breath and let's move on. And the two weeks before I'm just, I'm a grouch. I have very bad mood swings. I can be So high one moment and so low the next. I, like I said, i am emotionally reactive. But then the week, honestly, the week of my period, it's really not that bad. Like, my first two days are bad. But after that, like, even when I'm, like, literally still bleeding, I am... I start to get in like my better phase, like where I feel a lot better. And then that week after, I'm like cloud nine. I'm like, I love life. Everything's sunshine and rainbow. (laughs) Not really. I still have bad days for sure, but I'm a lot more, I don't know, I'm just a lot less emotionally reactive. I'm a lot more stable, and everything is just a lot more easygoing. So. I like to pay mind to that because it really helps me with my mental and emotional health because sometimes I will be like literally spiraling the week before my period and I like start to take it personally and I'm like why am I this way? Why do I feel this way? And I start to get really hard on myself like I notice a lot of times I start to get really down on myself about my like real job and work and down on myself about YouTube, too, the week before my period, and I internalize a lot of it, and I'm like, you know, I I suck at this, and I'm no good, and I, like, just and so hateful to myself, and it's so messed up, but then when I can stop and ask myself and, like, just track my cycle, which I just use the Flow app, and I mainly just do that to, like, make sure I have tampons when I need them if I'm going out of town, and, like, so I can check and see, okay, what phase of my cycle am I in right now, and how does that, does that help me like understand why I'm feeling the way I am right now and everything like that? So it's just really helpful in that sense because I'm really able to just sort of do that check in with myself and be like, okay, it's okay to feel this way, but let's remember that we're in this part of the cycle and I'm feeling things a lot more intensely than I typically do. So it's going to be okay. I've gotten through this time of the month before and i'm going to again type of thing so that's been really helpful for me and i know cycle syncing can be really overwhelming like it's overwhelming to me because i just don't have the time to learn about it the way i would like to right now so i haven't committed to learning it but is it something that i want to learn because i think that it could benefit me even more in the future absolutely but right now i just don't really know enough about it to talk about it so i'm obviously not going to but i do track my cycle and I think that even if you just do that it's like the bare minimum, it can be super helpful for your mental and emotional and your physical health because you can even pay attention to the way you feel when you do certain workouts. So like I don't cycle sync my workouts because I just really love F45 and that's what I'm really most motivated to go to. So I go whether it's the week before my period, the week of my period, the week after my period, don't care, I'm going. But do I push myself as hard the week before and the week of my period as I would the week after? No, like I pay attention to that because my body gener- like literally does feel more fatigued the week before and the week of my period, so I'm just not going to push myself as hard as I would if it, you know, was the week after. So that's why cycle tracking is really helpful for, helpful for me physically, too. But that is everything I have for my 10 wellness habits. I hope you all enjoyed this really long and chatty episode. I didn't mean to make it this long, but here we are. That always happens when I don't really have much of a script and I just have bullet points because I end up adding all the jazz in there and it ends up being long. But I hope you all enjoyed it and be sure to follow In Bloom Podcast on Instagram and definitely follow the In Bloom Podcast Instagram because I wanted to do a Q&A soon and I had posted about it, but like all of the answers I think disappeared. So I um, am very confused there. But I'm probably going to either repost it on the In Bloom Podcast Instagram story for the Q&A. So make sure you're following. It's just at In Bloom Podcast so that you can um, participate and ask questions if you want to. And I may actually just post it on my personal Instagram, which is just at abby.aslin. Because if I do that, um, I typically get more of a variety of questions because i feel like on the podcast instagram i tend to get like the same questions repeated and obviously i want my q a's to be a little bit more diverse but thank you all so much for listening and like i said be sure to follow me and the podcast instagram and check out my youtube channel if you want more content from me and i will talk to you all next week